Hey there, enthusiasts, and welcome to Hero Talk. I am your host, I am the law, I am Judge Greg. I recently had a chance to sit down and record with the Black Dragon himself, Vernon Tuit, as we discussed who framed Roger Rabbit. At the time of the recording, Bob Hoskins had not yet passed away, so while our prayers do go out to his family, and he brought us more joy than he could have possibly imagined, it did not get mentioned in the episode, and that is why. So, please join us while we celebrate our favorite role of his career, that of private investigator Eddie Valiant, on this episode of Hero Talk. Today we are going to talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Now, if you have not seen this movie yet, we are going to talk spoilers. We're going to talk every spoiler. We're going to spoil just about everything that we can about this movie. Not intentionally, but that's what we're going to do. So if you haven't seen it, then why are you even listening? Turn this off, go watch that movie, then come back, then listen. <laughs> all right, spoil the hell out of it. That's right, now that we're on with that. All right, so this movie came out 1988, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis starring Bob Hoskins as private investigator Eddie Valiant and the voice of Charles Fleischer as Roger Rabbit. Now, Vernon, you've seen this movie, am I right? Plenty of times. Yeah. Now, how old were you when you first saw it? Oh, uh, I think about two. Really? I don't remember that far back, but like, you know, it was it came out the year after I was born. Um, so I, I think I think I, the first time I saw it was I was like two years old. Um, and, you know, we had the whole VHS set up and everything. Take It takes you back, doesn't it? It, it does. I actually now I'm going to date myself. I saw this. I was a youngin and I saw this in the back seat at a drive in theater. Wow. <laughs> That's right. It was it was coupled with uh, Peter Pan. Oh, yeah. And so my, my parents took me to see Peter Pan, but then they were just going to stay for the second movie. And as far as I was concerned, as, as a young, whatever I was, seven, eight years old at the time, screw Peter Pan. This movie was what I what I loved. <laughs> oh, yeah. This this uh, this brought actually Disney into uh, back into the forefront after some uh, after a little bit of silence. Right. Yeah. yeah and they, they came back. I mean, this movie was praised up and down, won four Oscars. Uh, for design and and the visuals. Let me see. The visuals, this is a 1988 movie. Not a single digital effect in there. The visuals yeah. hold up today. With a few exceptions, but, they, you know, for the most part, it does it, it does hold up so well. And it's, it, I, I'm actually, you know, st still in love with this movie to this day. So, if, like, like like you said earlier, if you haven't seen it, what, what are you doing? Yeah, like, why, why did you decide, like, hey, I'm going to listen to Vernon and Greg talk about who framed roger rabbit instead of just go watch it it's on netflix well we do have the handsomest voices ever. we do we uh rocking the monotone and the bass tone for this right here we're <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> all right so this is a this is a great now i i have to say i learned this when i was just doing some research for the show vernon have you ever heard of the roger rabbit dance no it no, is I... it it is um you've probably seen it it was once I saw what it was, it's been like all over the place. It was like on just about every 1990s hip hop music video has featured somebody doing the Roger Rabbit dance. It's like this strange variation on the Running Man, and I had no idea what it was until you pop in like Roger Rabbit into Google, and you get the movie, and you get some of the film shorts, and then you get these YouTube videos for people teaching you how to do the Roger Rabbit dance. <laughs> I'll do a Google search later. 
Yeah, it that is it is something it. else. Taught by a bunch of people who clearly have never actually seen this movie. <laughs> it's 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 fun listening to people who, you know, have been too busy learning dance to go back and watch movies from the late eighties. But yeah. they they're trying to describe Roger Rabbit to you. It's just insane. You know what? I'm not surprised. I mean, with uh, with dances like the uh, the the Running Man and what the Superman. Yeah. Saw so, you ever saw that? The I, yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> they can turn anything into a dance. I mean, the thing it doesn't like Roger Rabbit does a fair share of dancing in the movie, and this is not anything that Roger Rabbit has ever done in in the movie. Yeah. Um, so nothing familiar from the movie. It's just people, you know, saying, "Hey, want to teach you to do the Roger Rabbit?" And they start doing something completely out of out of this world. Completely out of this world. I, I'm just watching. Like, other than the fact that you named it Roger Rabbit, I don't know why this was named what it was. So speaking of Roger Rabbit, was he your favorite character? Uh, you know, I I've I like Eddie Valiant. Okay, I really do. Right. He's Roger Rabbit's funny, but like usually about the same time he was getting on Eddie's nerves, he was getting on my nerves. <laughs> in a charming way. In, in a charming way and in a funny way. And I mean, listen, there's there's nothing wrong with that scene where Roger Rabbit just slips his hand right out of the handcuffs. <laughs> you could do that the whole time. <laughs> yeah, not any time, only when it was funny. <laughs> Which it's it's a nice rule to establish, you know, for the tune world, like Listen, I, I'm 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 only incredibly superpowered when it's funny. When I'm scared out of my mind, I am just as fragile as anybody. Yeah. So it's an important, but it's it creates for a very classic scene. Oh, of course, and many classics in this, but I won't get ahead of you. Yeah, well, we'll get there. So tell me, what did you think about Christopher Lloyd as the not nearly as fun as Judge Greg, Judge Doom? Oh my God, he was terrifying as a child, and it kind of still is. He um, he is, even though Christopher Lloyd, I've loved him in other stuff, and I think he's funny. When I, Judge Doom still freaks me out. Oh yeah, and I uh, actually, it's a good thing that you brought up who directed this movie. Um, uh, remind me what his name is again. Oh wait, uh, Robert Zemeckis, right? Yes. Okay. Um, he was the director of Back to the Future, and that is where Christopher Lloyd came from as well. And I just think it's interesting that they paired up again. Um, Christopher Lloyd, however, terrifying. He was, I mean, I was, as a young child, I used to be so afraid of Judge Doom that I would hide under my covers at night after I went to bed, like, hoping that if Judge Doom came looking for me, he wouldn't find me and stab me with his sword. No, he only killed tunes, and he uses the dip. He doesn't only use kill tunes, he killed Eddie's brother, Teddy. Well, yeah. Don't you remember still, when he killed still, his brother? He talked! Just like this. <laughs> Listen, he had to make an escape, whatever the crime was. I can't. I, you know what? It was like three hours ago, and I'm still, and I'm still like, you know, trying to remember what the crime was that he was pulling. That he, uh, there, he had just two- robbed the first bank of Toontown. Ah, okay, and making his escape, and he dropped a piano, <laughs> and it's tragic, and it sucks, but it's still hilarious, because that's something that you're so used to from cartoons. It, it's, I mean, it, there's there's a lot of very dark humor in this movie, and that's one of those parts where, you know, when Angelo's all sitting there in the bar all upset, he's like, what happened? Dolores is like, a Toon killed his brother, dropped a piano on his head, and it's not a funny thing. But in the back of your head, you're like, but yeah, because the action is to laugh. <laughs> Absolutely, the response tune would have. He would drop a piano on his head. And of course, and of course, as the as an audience member, yes, it's a dark time. But I I feel like you know we may get some judgment here. So for the record, 
it's not funny to drop a piano on someone's head. No, let's let's be clear. Hero Talk does not condone dropping pianos on individuals' heads. <laughs> I, I just want to make that clear. What's funny about it is that I've been conditioned to laugh at that kind of thing <laughs> through years and years of cartoon watching. Yeah, and then it I mean it's horrible and then somebody gets a safe dropped on their head and also <laughs> tragic. So one of the things that really stuck out to me, um, at the time, you know, it's brand new, and I didn't know the legalities of it, but this is when you get to see Disney characters and Warner Brothers characters interacting with each other on the screen. Yes, that was actually something I wanted to bring up, and, you know, it's, <laughs> we think it's, we think it's uh, impossible to, to get uh, all the Marvel characters together for an Avengers movie. I mean, this, this was, this, if you think about it, this was big, and this was, like, over 20 years ago. I mean, that's, you know, this is a, a huge thing in that companies put aside whatever, or maybe they just didn't have all the red tape that they did back then. But, you know, that that, that was awesome. I very much doubt that if you tried to do that same thing today, it would work out. It would not work out. There's not a chance in hell. If yeah. we can't get Wolverine and Captain America or the Hulk <laughs> on the same screen together, I, I don't see Warner Brothers and Disney putting Mickey and Bugs on the same screen anytime soon. Yeah, and it, from the sounds of it, like the deal was pretty relaxed. I mean, Warner Brothers got their royalty check, but they basically said like the only stipulation was that Bugs and Mickey had to have equal screen time, and then Daffy and Donald had to have equal screen time. And other than that, they just let them go nuts. And what's funny about that is that they actually do share the same amount of screen time. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, it was, <laughs> I mean, it's the easiest way to get around that stipulation. Like, yeah, no problem. They will just be in each other's scenes. Right? <laughs> I think technically, um, Mickey Mouse is on screen for about like a third of a second longer than Bugs because his hand comes into focus first. Okay. So, so they well, they stuck it to the man. Yeah, they they gave us they they gave us what we wanted. Yeah. Mickey's hand. Mickey's hand. But that was, I mean, it, those are two classic scenes from, from this movie. With the skydiving. Yeah, this the skydiving, and I have a spare, and Eddie doesn't get it, and I'm the little kid, and I'm like, I know what he's going to do. <laughs> and even though, sure like, you want it. they've essentially just murdered the man. Like, that was nothing short of attempted homicide. <laughs> he was already falling from, like, a, I don't even know how many stories he was up, but, yeah, he's already fallen to his death. Yeah, I mean, he's he was on his way down, but, okay, so maybe they didn't kill him, but Tweety sure did. <laughs> oh, Tweety, that fucking asshole. To this day, I hate Tweety. <laughs> he's sitting there, and the Tweety's like, pities, and I'm like, oh, this doesn't end well for you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Tweety. That, that's a murderous psychopath. We're talking about Dr. Doom here. Yeah. And Judge Doom. Dr. Doom Judge would Doom. be a I'm sorry. completely I'm different sorry. contribution to wow. this movie. Um, yeah, Judge Doom, excuse me. Um. You know, we're talking about how, you know, Judge Doom is so terrifying and stuff like that, but Tweety's the real villain in this movie. Yeah, that's that's some sick stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you, that was nothing short of murder. Now, Vernon, I have to ask you. Yes, sir. Have you ever gotten a chance to see the classic deleted scene from this movie where Eddie gets tuned? No. Oh, what? it's uh, it's on the Blu-ray. I saw it for the first time last year when I bought it. It's this scene where, and I understand why they cut it, where right after Eddie talks to Dolores in the bar and leaves Roger there, he goes to the Ink and Paint Club looking for the will. And the weasels pick him up and, and Judge Doom, and they take him downtown. And he's like, fine, I'll go downtown. Like, no, you're going to our downtown. So they take him to Toontown, and they kind of give him the riot act, and they end up, they take their paint and they draw like an elephant head on him. <laughs> so then they drop him off outside that long tunnel, and he's yep. just sitting there and he's like grabbing at his elephant head. He's like, I'm tuna 
And so then he ends up going back to his house and using some paint thinner to wash it off, throw it down the drain. And that's the scene where when he comes out of the bathroom, Jessica Rabbit is there. Oh. But then at some point they decided they didn't like that scene and it had a lot more impact later in the movie when that's the first time he's been back to Toontown since Teddy. So they just throw in the sound of a toilet flushing as he comes out of the bathroom just to sort of change the whole premise of what was going on when huh. he was able to be surprised outside of his bathroom. Interesting. Yeah. I Wow. I, <laughs> okay, but that sounds terrifying, the drop, the drawing of, a, of an elephant head. Yeah, it, it was. It's a little creepy looking. I mean, I don't, I don't know if what I saw had been updated to actually include the effects from what was already filmed or if they actually did finish it and decided to cut it out. But uh, it was a little creepifying because, like, the elephant's head is there, and inside its mouth, you still see, like, Eddie. Ugh. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad. Thank you for telling me that because I now, now I kind of want to pick up the Blu-ray. I was just watching it on Netflix, but uh, I kind of want to see that now. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I, I had, uh, like, the special edition DVD when they released it back in 2003. And I don't remember that being on there. So that has to be new just for the Blu-ray. Must be. You know how they're always adding extra crap to Blu-rays to get people to switch over. Yeah. Well, you know, it worked. So what am I going to do? Judge them? <laughs> you can. You are the law. I am the law. Yeah, you're right. But, uh, Lay it down, my friend. I love this movie. So I had to buy it on Blu-ray. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know what the, the biggest thing for me is the... I just, uh, there's two things. I love that this is just like a great mesh between cartoon and live action or animation and live action. Um, I, I don't think we had seen it that much uh, back then. and Certainly or, not this uh, well done. Right, or well done, that's what I was going to say. And I, I absolutely love the idea that the tunes and humans interact and that the tunes are actors. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not just like, okay... Vernon as the voice of blah blah blah. Greg as the voice of blah blah blah. If it's Roger Rabbit, he's standing right in front of you, and there's no one else. It's just him. Yeah. And I just think that's so awesome that you know they're they're just this is a set, and they're they're filming this. This you know the opening skit is so reminiscent of something that you'd see in a Looney Tunes cartoon, but it's it's an actual film set like in Hollywood, you know. And I I just I. Now that I'm older, I just find that so awesome. Yeah, it was extremely well done. And a lot of it is, you know, you need to have actors who sell it. Mm-hmm. And and Bob Hoskins, when Bob Hoskins is in his scenes, like, so help me, I'm sitting there and like, of course, this is exactly what's happening. Bob Hoskins is talking to the four-foot-tall rabbit and the weasel guy. <laughs> what else could it possibly be? He's holding a gun. Couldn't hold a gun if he wasn't right there. Right? Ah, uh, it. There, and there's so many live props that, you know, they just, it, it seems like the, the tunes are actually holding them. It, and I, I just, does. I find that so amazing how they, I just want to know how they do that. Um, I've, I've seen a couple of the making ofs and like a lot of it is like, there's like a, a line that goes off screen that's, it's positioned in such a way. So they're going to draw the character over it. Yeah. Um, in, in one, about the only time I've actually been able to straight up just catch the prop masters when when Roger Rabbit is like climbing in the back of the weasel squad car to get Benny the cab and the will pops out you can actually see the black gloved hand of whoever was in the back of that car reaching up and throwing the will out oh I did not catch that yeah if you go back and watch it you'll see it because it's pretty obvious but other than that like maybe you'll see a hint of a wire but it's so hard and then there's scenes where you just like 
you have no idea how they do it. When Jessica Rabbit takes the handkerchief and like rubs the guy in the head and floats it around and tosses it, yeah. I don't see anything. Uh, yeah, uh, that I, I'd love to see that. Is that on the special edition as well? Um, I think it is. They have. I mean, they have a whole thing on just the special effects. I don't know if that particular scene is in there. I don't recall because it's been a while. But I mean, it's just it's insane because when I watch it, like. You know, the effects usually pull me out. Even movies that are classics, like Ghostbusters classically has the running dog thing, which looks so dated, it pulls you out of the movie. <laughs> but I watch this one, and even now, I'm looking, I'm like, well, it's it's obvious that that's a rabbit. Well, sure. What what, what else could it possibly have been? That was no actor. It was a rabbit. Yes, and that's exactly what I love about it. It's just the, the, cart, the tunes are there, and it's just, it's a detective story with cartoon characters. Wonderfully done. Um, I mean, they. I guess they had a hard time selling Disney on this. I've seen. Uh, I think the uh, the DVD and the Blu-ray probably has this too. Has the test footage yeah. where they had this whole scene of of some guy playing Eddie. It wasn't Bob Hoskins at the time. He's walking around and he's interacting with Roger Rabbit. Uh, and he's just like picking him up and throwing him around. They're trying to show all these ways that you can prove that a person can interact with the tune and make it real. Okay. That's. I mean, that's a fun watch. Now before. Well, bef- it, yeah. It, before they, we move they, on, I should yeah. just say. We would be remiss if we did not talk about the infamous Laserdisc Jessica Rabbit controversy. Laserdisc Jessica Rabbit controversy. I have not heard about this. All right, apparently... I actually heard another controversy, but I'll oh. get to that in a sec. Then we will, we will do yours next. Um, on the Laserdisc version of this, this movie, so it, this tells you about how long ago this actually happened. Um, apparently when Jessica Rabbit falls out of Benny the Cab, uh, she spins around... And people believe that there's one or two frames where you can see up her dress. That's it. That's it. I didn't. I didn't know it was called the. I didn't know it was because it was. You know the. It was. It was on like the. I guess the DVD. Uh, no, it's, it's been cleaned up everywhere else. Every re-release of this movie has had that removed. So the laser disc is the only place you can actually see it. I don't want to sound like a perv, but can you actually see anything? No. Okay. I mean, I, it, it, <laughs> what, it, what it looks like is some animator just, you know, drew, and he's just using his, like, okay, so this is about where this would be. And so, I mean, it's not colored anything other than sort of a dark shadow. Yeah. But you know how people are. Honestly, I never, I never noticed. And I did hear about that. That was what I was going to bring up was that, you know, apparently, you know, you could see something. And, I, you know, I, I looked. I, I looked, okay? Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, you, you, get, you get curious, you look. So, you know, I watched it, and I'm like, I don't see anything. That's, yeah. that's just watch. It's been later removed for every subsequent release because Disney just didn't want people always talking about it. But if you go online, you can see it, and you're like, this this is zero. Like you, well, he's got a lot of other controversies that, you know, yeah. <laughs> that people are talking about. Yeah, as long as we're, we're going there. Let's, Disney should probably just relax as far as that one goes. But yeah, it, was, it, it felt it needed some lip service. So, Vernon, <laughs> let me ask you. What was your favorite part of this movie? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God. We are talking about the Laserdisc controversy, and you just said lip service. Are we just going to, like, skip over that? <laughs> like, are people not seeing the correlation there? <laughs> it's, that's one of my strengths, is that I can completely straight deliver a line like that and just move on. <laughs> Then that's what we'll do, but I just, I wanted to point that out. I was like, what the hell? Okay, my favorite scene in this movie um, has to be shaving a haircut. Um, oh, when, good pick. When Doom 
is knocking on the walls and it's driving Roger crazy. And he bursts out of the wall. And that's where that's where I learned shaving a haircut two bits from is this is this movie. And it, for whatever reason, I just light up when this scene's on because it, it's just it's always like it's so funny. <laughs> the whole scene, well, being simultaneously terrifying because you know what Doom's gonna do when he's got the stuff there and he murdered the shoe in it, so you know it's deadly stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Roger's life hangs in the balance, but then the whole, I'm gonna find you this way, and it works, and then gotta drink the drink, and it's, it is, it, it, it is definitely a very good scene in the movie. To get, to get them out of there, yeah. Yeah. Good thinking. Yeah. But, that, yeah, just, you know, it, it's like nails on a chalkboard for tunes. <laughs> like, oh, no! Roger's gonna fall for it! <laughs> oh, man, that is a funny scene. Um, I think my favorite scene is, without a doubt, it, Eddie doing the song and dance for the weasels at the Acme factory. <laughs> for the weasels. Oh. I mean, when I... He, he kicks it on and he's, he's doing backflips and he's juggling and dancing. and Oh, my gosh. That is that, I I died laughing. I still die laughing when I see that. It's insane. He's doing on the pogo stick and bouncing around. And <laughs> he hits the light. He hits the light. He sits <laughs> I, You know what? Actually, that... that uh... That does get a few laughs from me, but I have to, uh, I think the the tenseness of the situation still kind of, like, takes me out of it, so I'm not enjoying the song. I'm like, he's trying to save them. Yeah. I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but... Well, I mean, that's, uh, that goes along with the whole movie. Like, we're laughing at things that aren't funny, and then things that are funny, we're so tensed up from the situation they're in, that we're like, oh, this is hilarious, but Roger's about to die. <laughs> I mean, dip was some serious stuff. When Jessica Rabbit flipped out when she saw that dip. Yeah, you see her other eye. Oh, yeah. my God. It's the only time I think you see her other eye is when she spazzes over the dip, and you're like, well, that's that's serious now. And all over, what, freeways. Yeah. And this was this came out in 88, right? Right. But the movie is set in 47. Yes. And... I mean, this, I mean, it's like a, it's, you could, you can't really say it's a picture into the future, kind of like a picture of what's already happened, but I, I'm sure that, you know, public transportation for a nickel was, but it was abundantly available. Right. But this sort of thing actually did happen. What they based it on is like a lot of private corporations buying public transportation simply to shut it down so that people would have to use all of these other transportation methods. Yeah. People would have to buy cars yeah. and buy gas and stuff. Yeah. Inflation, right? Inflation. <laughs> and then <laughs> what, what makes me laugh, what makes me, just gives me a little, like, chuckle every time is the um, RK Maroon paying a Valiant 100 bucks for the job. <laughs> he's like, that. He's like, you're insane, 100 bucks! <laughs> like, 100 bucks? So what, yeah. what was rent back then? That's, if, that's, if that's a steep price for a job. Yeah, that was, it was, this leads me into the one scene in this movie, you just reminded me with that because this it, this immediately follows the scene you just described. Is when Eddie goes to the bar and he asks Dolores for the camera, and she she has it. She's like, "I haven't had it developed since our, our trip to Acapulco, I think it was." Yeah. So ever since they went to Acapulco, that camera has just been sitting next to the cash register at the bar. Right. <laughs> yeah, just in just in case. Yeah. The only the only thing I can think of, the only explanation my head has been able to come up with is this is a bar in L.A. right down the street from Hollywood. So they keep a camera there. So if somebody shows up, they can get a picture to put on the wall. But were there any pictures of, of celebrities? You know, stop ruining this for me. I, 
I don't remember. All I remember is the stack of plates, the glasses, and I, I the register. I don't. Remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was any celebrities on the walls, but that's that's how I justify it. Because otherwise, there's no reason why that camera should have been there. Pictures of Humphrey Bogart or anything. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't seeing that. Go. Don't try to put that in there. <laughs> uh, I tried. It it is a little bit ridiculous, but I'll let it go because the rest of the movie's great and whatever. The camera was there. So the alcoholic detective takes a case that turns out to be bigger than life, but it also helps him throw through his uh, the grief of a tragedy, and he yeah. may find love in the process. <laughs> I think that should be our trailer. Yeah, it, you know what? It sounds absolutely awesome, and then at some point they said like, "Oh, and there's there's cartoons." There's cartoons. And that will somehow make it better. We should get CinemaSins to narrate that. <laughs> Not CinemaSins, uh, Screen uh, Honest Trailer. Yes, yes. Those guys, yeah. Now, there was actually quite a few video games that came out based on this movie. I don't know. If, did you ever play any of them? Uh, no, and I'm not surprised that there are a bunch of video games that uh, came out to represent this movie, yeah. but I'm pretty sure they're terrible. They uh, they are quite bad. I've, I've played just about all of them, and I, I'm like, now, listen to this list here. I played on the original Nintendo, which you can imagine... There's one on the Nintendo, and I played one on the Game Boy, which completely changes it up. You play as Roger Rabbit instead of Eddie Valiant. And then I played one on the Commodore 64. <laughs> we're, we're dating ourselves here, folks. It's yeah, okay. Commodore 64. That game was atrocious. But in the, in the manual, it came with this little mini packet, which was a list of like all the Acme Gag Factory gifts. And like... Yeah. It was, I think it was there for some of their DRM, like, they would ask you, like, what's the item number on the portable hole? And so you'd go to your little booklet, and you'd look it up, and you'd have to enter it or something like that. Yeah. But the book was funny, because they wrote it like it was almost, like, a straight up, like, this is the catalog where you order your portable holes from. <laughs> so, I will say that booklet was worth the price of the game. Oh, okay. I have no judging there. I, I did pick it up out of the bargain bin, so I mean we're not talking. I paid full price. Still no judgment <laughs> there. All right, but I mean that was that was about it. The Nintendo game was it was terrible. I think the the angry video game nerd did a video on it, and it's it's one of those where like it had this password that was like forty nine characters long. Like why is the password so long? Oh, it seriously. was it was long. It, the game was hard. I never beat it as a kid, and so in college. A uh, guy across the hall from me had a Nintendo, and he had this game. And I said to myself, I am finally going to beat this game. I'm going to see what the ending is. And it is one black screen with text that says, like, congratulations, you won the game. The tunes get Toontown. <laughs> so, spoiler, I just spoiled the game for you. So you were expecting a long, exposition-filled cutscene <laughs> Well, with, with expansive dialogue and it was, it was 2003 I, I had become accustomed to that sort of thing ah yes so so my friend who still had the game when I, when I bought my house two years ago as a housewarming gift he sent it to me he says you may now extract your revenge <laughs> so, true story he, he sent me the cartridge he goes here you go you can do whatever you want with it and it was smashed into a million pieces with a hammer of justice which is just a regular hammer, but I used it. No, don't give away the surprise. <laughs> no, you call it something awesome, and then it's just a regular hammer when you see it. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it was, it felt good because that was that game took me so long to beat, and there's really no explanation. Like you get to the Judge Doom, like the final level, yeah, and it's one of those games. Nintendo did this all the time, where all right, now you're at the final boss. Um, all the mechanics have changed. We're not going to tell you how. 
you're just going to have to figure out all these new interfaces that we just gave you. So the game changes completely. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like so a lot of Nintendo games. Yeah. So so that's that's the game we to go. So Roger Rabbit, if you had to give this movie a score, Vernon, what would you give this movie? Oh jeez. Um I would have to say that it is worth no drum roll, nothing. No, no drum roll. Damn it. Anyway, <laughs> what do you think uh, this is? I I'm going to go I'm going to go tune and say that it's worth 5 stars. Five stars. See, I'm going to say it's five tweeting birds. No, he's supposed to give stars. That's the point. (laughs) Well, I'm worried about the refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement. This movie is almost as flawless as movies get. Absolutely. Definitely a classic. I will. My children will be growing up on this. Yeah. Mine will, too, as soon as I'm okay with her hearing some of the language in it. As soon as you're comfortable explaining some of the language <laughs> yeah. in it, because, uh, you know, nice booby trap. It, <laughs> it took me a while to figure that one out, but yeah. there's, a, there's a few other subtle ones, and yeah, you have to be ready to learn that yeah. stuff. There, there are some subtle ones where you're like, wow. Totally didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> As a kid, I'm like, oh, what's the big deal? He's watching them play patty cake. <laughs> Oh, that scene makes me feel uncomfortable. It's always made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it is, it's so odd, but it's it's so funny because it's just literally playing Patty Cake. <laughs> All right, so that's our review. If you've listened to this whole thing and you still haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, you should still go see it because it's still worth it. Buy it. Because... Yeah, you should go buy it. It is available on Blu-ray. It is on Netflix. There is no excuse. This is uh, a classic movie. Definitely worth your money, folks. All right, and so that's the end of this episode. I want to thank you all for joining us here on Hero Talk. And if you want to find me, I am on Twitter, at Judge Greg is Law. And if you're looking for Vernon, he is also on Twitter, at Vern the Trilogy. That's at V-E-R-N-T-H-E-T-R-I-L-O-G-Y. And we'll see you right back here on the next Hero Talk. Hero Talk.